told in Matthew, Mark, and Luke that he, he spent time in prayer there, in agonized prayer. And it's there where Judas arrives to betray him. Can you imagine the, the, the Kidron Brook? It's like a valley along the side of Jerusalem. You stand in the valley and you look up and even today you see the walls of, I, I believe it's the temple walls up in the distance. Now at Passover time, what they would do is slaughter the lambs. Uh, a few years after this, we've got historical records that, that 265,000 lambs were slaughtered in a day. And what do you do with the blood? Well, the blood, they, they had a channel that was dug and that fed into the Kidron Brook. And it would trickle down the day before the Passover day when they would have slaughtered the lambs. And we're not told, but, but I can imagine as Jesus and his disciples step over the brook. In winter it would be a flood, but now it's just a brook. And there would still be traces of blood from the Passover lamb flowing down. Jesus goes to the garden. If you've got your Bibles, keep them open. Matthew chapter 18. John, uh, Matthew, John. I'm sorry. John chapter 18. Marcus. My name. Commander of the troops garrisoned in Jerusalem. Not the easiest job. <laughs> the Jews are a rather rebellious lot. We tend to capture quite a few rebels and, and people who think that they can overthrow the might of Rome. Why, just a few days before all of this happened, we'd, we'd captured those in a rebellion. Three people, the leaders. You've probably heard of one of them. Bar Abbas. He got let off. I was not impressed. Anyway, on this particular evening, it was about midnight when, when we got roused. Turns out that, that the Jewish leadership uh, under the reign of Caiaphas and, and his good-for-nothing, uh, not uncle, his good-for-nothing father-in-law, Annas, they'd gone and they'd, they'd arranged with, with uh, Pilate, the praetor of, of Judea, he, he'd arranged that we were to go and capture another rebel. Capture another man. Strange for me that we would go and capture someone in the middle of the night. Perhaps they were thinking to catch him unawares. Perhaps his army was far away. I've got several hundred men under my command, but on this particular night I only took a few, maybe a hundred. And we started on our way, and the Jewish authorities, they provided some temple guards to go with us. There we are, marching down the valley through the Kidron Wadi, up into an olive grove. It was dark, even though the full moon was out. Passover's at full moon. It was dark. We had our torches out. 
all of my men naturally were armed. We were going to capture a rebel. We were going to capture a troublemaker. We were going to capture one who pretended to be greater than Caesar. We had ambitions of power and might. And we got there to the garden. And as we approached, this man stood up. And he started walking towards us. That doesn't happen. You know, whenever we've gone and captured a rebel before, usually they they all approach at once with arms brandished and and, and attacking, or or else they run away with fear from the might of the Roman army. But, But this one man, he stood up. A few of his, his followers, oh, looks like they were half asleep. And he started walking towards us. And we stopped maybe, maybe so far apart. And he looked at me and he said, Commander, who are you looking for? I turned to him and said, sir, we are looking for Jesus the Nazarene. And you know what he answered? Ego Greek. I am. <laughs> I, I've been a soldier my whole life. Honestly, I have. I, I don't fall back behind anyone. Uh, and I, I don't even understand really what happened, but, but when this man, this unarmed man, standing in front of me said, I am, I collapsed to the ground. The soldiers, we all fell back. I don't know why. I don't know what. It, 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 there was something, something about this man. wasn't what I expected. I was expecting an armed insurrectionist. I was expecting a violent man, but, but all he said was, I am, and I fell to the ground. There was a power at work here which, which I don't pretend to understand. <laughs> and I was on the ground, and I was looking up at him, thinking, what, what is happening to me? And again he looked and he said, who are you looking for? And I said, I'm looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I've told you, I am. This is the man. This is the man that we're to capture. This is the man that needs a detachment of soldiers as well as temple guards to come out in the middle of the night to capture this man? This strange man who... I was there to arrest him, but he was the one who was arresting he, he was the one in charge. He was the one who captivated my attention. You know what? I, I was there to, to, to put an end to his rebellion, and instead he looked at me and he said, right, I'm the one. Now you've got to let the other guys go. <laughs> I am command. 
commander of the Roman army in Anatolia at the Temple Mount. And he tells me what to do. <laughs> Who on earth is this man? Oh, I don't know if I would have let them go. I, I, I guess I, I would, but... This is quite funny, actually, this armed insurrection that I was going up against. They had two swords. Two swords in their whole collection. This, this, this insurrection was manned by two swords. <laughs> and one bloke, this, this short little guy, he, he pulled out his sword and, and he ran not towards me or my soldiers, you know, the people who are actually armed. You know, he runs towards the high chief's servant, Malchus, and he goes, he chops off his ear. I mean, come on. <laughs> he goes for the one unarmed man and he chops off his ear. This is no insurrection. This is a joke. This is a joke. And yet this, this Jesus of Nazareth bloke, he, he went and he, I don't know, it's strange, he picked up the ear, flopped it on, healed it. something going on here. So we tied him up. And, uh, and when I say we tied him up, I don't mean we put a little soft manacle around him. We tied him up good and tight. Because, I'd, I don't know, if he could fell us with a word, and if he could heal ears, imagine what damage he could do. We tied him up. And we took him away. But it's like he it's like he knew it was going to happen. As I said, it's like he was in charge of what was happening. It wasn't so much that we were leading him away. It was more like we were going with him on his way. This, this had to happen. Anyway, we, we took him and, and took him to Annas' house. Annas is, well, technically is not high priest, but, you know, he's one of those nasty fellows who just hangs on forever. Five of his sons became high priests after him, and now his son-in-law was high priest at the time. Yeah? This man was in big position of authority. And just between you and me, I, I reckon he had a bit of a thing against this Jesus of Nazareth. You know, Annas, he, he was a businessman at heart. Now, he was one of those guys who set up the stalls in the temple, he made a lot of money selling, you know, doves and exchanging money and all that sort of thing. And <laughs> I'd heard tell that just, you know, a few days before this, this Jesus had gone into the temple and he'd, he'd scattered it and thrown out all of these money changes and stuff. And I, I reckon this Anna said, he had a personal grudge against this Jesus of Nazareth. And we took him before, before Anna. And... and <laughs> I'm a, I'm a soldier. It's not my job to get into the politics, but he was looking to make a case against Jesus. Just make it up, you know. He, he sat Jesus down. He's not supposed to interrogate the prisoner. He sat him down. He said, right, tell us about your teaching. Tell us about your followers. Tell us about your insurrection. And Jesus put him in his place. He said, 
Have I said anything in secret? <laughs> Ask anyone. I, I've been preaching in the temple. And somebody slapped me. Not one of my men. My men are disciplined. One of the temple guards. Cross the face. How dare you t- talk to the high priest like that? <laughs> you know, that, that same power that I'd, I'd, I'd felt coming from this man in the garden, it was there again. He, he looked at Anna straight in the eye and said, How dare you? I haven't said anything wrong. You don't have any witnesses against me. You know, in those days, you weren't supposed to to question the alleged perpetrator of the crime. You were supposed to question witnesses. By the testimony of two or three witnesses, said the Jewish law. Anyway, they passed him off, went to Caiaphas. He was interrogated again. Come early morning, I'd, I'd gone back to, to the, the temple barracks. Come early morning, I hear a noise outside. And, you know, it's those jolly high priests again. They arrived with Jesus, bound. And they took him to Pilate. And they said, Pilate, now is the time for you to do your job. And they laid him down in front of Pilate. Now, you've got to remember, Pilate knew that they were going to arrest this Jesus. He had authorized us to be part of the arrest. All he had to do, according to the Jewish high priests, was to rubber stamp the approval. You know, just, just give the permission for this man to be killed. You know, it was in 86 that we were told that, that the Jewish people were no longer allowed to execute anybody themselves. In fact, the only time they could execute anyone, including a, a Roman actually, was if they, they desecrated the temple. And so they, they needed the Romans to kill this man because they didn't want him around. That much was clear to me. They didn't want him around. And so they took him and they said to Pilate, Pilate, here is a guilty man. Pilate's a douchebag, if you'll excuse the language. I've never got on well with him. He is my commanding officer, but anyway, never got on well with him. He's always picking trouble with people. But I'll give him his dues. See, he didn't just rubber stamp this. I suspect maybe he was just, he enjoyed playing with these supposedly important Jewish high priests. He knew he was supposed to rubber stamp. They brought the man out. What did he do? He sits down and starts a trial. Again. A new trial. Didn't go good for for old Pilate ended up with them threatening to denounce him to Caesar as a traitor. He he had no choice but to execute this Jesus of Nazareth. People yelled at him and said, we have no king except Caesar. How could he do anything but 
obey their, their instructions. I was there. In fact, I was the one who took this Jesus of Nazareth into where Pilate was questioning him. And I heard the questions. And, and, you know, as much as this Jesus wasn't what I was expecting, I don't think he was what Pilate was expecting either. Pilate knew, I'm sure he knew that, that, that the Jewish leadership were just out to get this bloke because he was a nuisance, but, but he picked up that there was something different about this man. He, he, he questioned him. He said, what have you done? He went out. The priest said, oh, no, no, he's claiming to be king. Pilate came back in. Are you a king? And Jesus of Nazareth turned to him and said, what? What do you mean when you say king? Are you a king? I said, Jesus, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom's not of this world. If I were a king like you think of kings, my people would be here. They would be fighting. They would be dragging this thing out. They would have attacked those soldiers. They would be going mad. There would be a rebellion. Do you think I'm a king like that? Verse 38. Jesus looked at him and said that's not the kind of king that I am my kingdom is from above Pilate just heard the word king so you are a king aren't you and Jesus answered well your word is king I came And I was born to testify to the truth. And you know, he looked at Pilate. You know those moments in life where you just know that this is a big moment? This is an important moment? It felt like that. He looked at Pilate and he said, everyone who loves the truth listens to me. Let me quote you exactly. Verse 38. Jesus said, all who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. I take it from me, they weren't just speaking philosophy. They weren't talking, what is truth? Blah-di-da-di-da, how many angels on a pin? Well, you know, all that sort of stuff. They, this was a serious moment. And I got the impression that this Jesus was, <clears throat> was actually saying to Pilate, Pilate, what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to follow the truth? Or are you going to choose to follow the lie? Yeah, it's strange. Here was Pilate, and he was judging this man. He was supposed to be questioning this man. And instead, there sat Jesus questioning Pilate, challenging Pilate. Not what you'd expect. 
Pilate was not. Pilate was not one of those men who loved the truth. He was a realist. He was a, he was a politically savvy man. He knew what, what went down in this world and he looked at Jesus and he, ha, what is truth? What is truth? And he walked away. You know how the story ends. How this trial went on. Pilate going out, Pilate coming in. Pilate going out, Pilate coming in. Eventually, out of desperation, Pilate says, He's innocent, guys. Let me let me release him to you. I'll give you a choice who you want me to release. Shall I release Jesus? Who we know to be the Son of God. Or shall I release Barabbas? His very name means Son of the Father. Which of these rebels do you want? Do you want the one who, who by bloodshed and bloodletting and anger attacks? Or do you want the one who seems strangely in control? Strangely to have authority. And they shouted Barabbas. And they shouted crucify the other one. I'm a good soldier. I pride myself in doing my job. I did. But you know, as commander of the forces, I was there at the execution. I was there as this strange, powerful man who didn't match any of my expectations died. Now, what could I say but truly this is the Son of God. Truly, this is the Son of God. Such power, such authority. Totally not what was expected.